Hello, if there's anyone out there listening, let's all take a deep breath. (sighs) Grab all that stuff that's flying around in your head and hold it tight in your hands like it's a big heavy stone. And then just drop it into a river. Take another deep breath. Nothing really matters. So tonight uh, will be the second in a series of podcasts I'll be doing about the various countries from which, um, or to which my podcast is being downloaded. Um, so tonight we're going to be talking about Portugal and, um, uh, I, 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 I've either stated directly or implied that this podcast is supposed to be um, about things that don't matter or, or um, about things not mattering or, or, or something like that. And in a, in a sense it is. Um, this, but uh, this isn't to say that um, Malaysia or Portugal or Canada don't matter, although maybe the concept of nationality is arbitrary, uh, and, uh, so maybe there's that, um, but I guess what I'm saying is that, um, I am going to be focusing on the geography and, um, biological aspects of these countries because I uh, personally find that nature itself um, leads me to question the um, kind of automatic assignment of meaning and priority to things in my life that um, we construct as a society. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, so let us talk about, and by talk about, I mean, let us read the Wikipedia page about Portugal and its natural features. Portugal, officially the Portuguese Republic, is a country located in the Iberian Peninsula in southwestern Europe. It is the westernmost sovereign state in mainland Europe, being bordered to the west and south by the Atlantic Ocean and to the north and east by Spain. Its territory also includes the Atlantic archipelagos of the Azores and Madeira, both autonomous regions with their own regional governments. The official and national language is Portuguese.
Now, let's see. We've got etymology, actually. Let's look, look at etymology here. Uh, the word Portugal derives from the Roman Celtic place name Portus, uh, Cale, uh, Portus Cale, um, a city where present-day Villa Nova de Gaia now stands at the mouth of the river Douro uh, in the north of what is now Portugal. The name of the city is from the Latin word for port or harbor, portus, but the second second element of portus kale is less clear um and so there's a couple of theories about it um da -da -da -da. a lot of um very specific references to different types of gaelic and um other languages Okay, so it's not really clear with the second part of the name, um, where it originates. The geography. The territory of Portugal includes an area on the Iberian Peninsula re referred to as the continent by most Portuguese and two archipelagos in the Atlantic Ocean, the archipelagos of Madeira and the Azores. That's where my brother-in-law is from, actually. Um... Mainland Portugal is split by its main river, the Tagus, that flows from Spain and disgorges in the Tagus estuary in Lisbon before escaping into the Atlantic. The northern landscape is mountainous towards the interior with several plateaus indented by river valleys, whereas the south, including the Algar Algarve, or Algarve, and the Alenteo regions is characterized by rolling plains. Portugal's highest peak is the similarly uh, named Mount Pico on the island of Pico in the Azores. This ancient volcano, which measures 2,351 meters, is an iconic symbol of the Azores, while the Serra de Estrela on the mainland is an important seasonal attraction for skiers and winter sports enthusiasts. The archipelagos of Madeira and the Azores are scattered within the Atlantic Ocean. The Azores straddling the mid-Atlantic ridge on a, on a tectonic triple junction, and Madeira along a range uh, formed by in-plate hotspot geology. Geologically, these islands were formed by volcanic Iconic, volcanic, and seismic events. The last terrestrial volcanic eruption occurred in 1957 to 58, and minor earthquakes occur sporadically, usually um, of low intensity. Okay. Interesting. Well, that's good that they're usually of low intensity, because... Uh, you know, earthquakes can, uh, they can be a little, um, disruptive, uh, 
and many people don't um, enjoy that. Portugal is mainly characterized by a Mediterranean climate, temperate maritime climate uh, in the um, in the mainland northwestern highlands and mountains, and in some high altitude zones of the Azorean Islands, a semi-arid climate in certain parts of um, the uh, Beja district far south, and in Porto Santo Island, a warm desert climate. Um, I think I'm reading this with the wrong emphasis on the wrong clauses here. Uh, da -da -da. It is one of the warmest countries in Europe. The annual average temperature in mainland Portugal varies from 10 to 12 degrees Celsius. In the mountainous area north to... Uh, uh, I'm not really sure how to read that sentence doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Annual rain uh, annual average rainfall in the mainlands varies from just over three thousand two hundred millimeters to less than five hundred millimeters. Mm-hmm. Snowfalls occur regularly in the winter in the interior north and center of the country in districts such as Garda, Bregen, uh, Bregenza, Visu, and Villa Real, particularly on the mountains. In these places, snow can fall. Any time from October to May. Okay. Portugal's central, west, and southwest coasts have an extreme ocean seasonal lag. Sea temperatures are warmer in October than in July, and are their coldest in March. Interesting. Both the archipelagos of the Azores and Madeira have a subtropical climate, although variations between islands exist making weather predictions very difficult owing, owing to rough topography. Okay, oh, here we go. This is, this is a cool part. Portugal is located on the Mediterranean basin the third most diverse hotspot of flora in the world. Due to its geographical and climatic that's right, right? Climatic context between the Mediterranean and the Atlantic, Portugal has a high rate of biodiversity on land and at sea. Nice, nice. 
It is home to six terrestrial ecoregions, Azores temperate mixed forests, Cantabrian mixed forests, Madeira evergreen forests, Iberian sclerophyllous and semi-dedaceous forests, Northwest Iberian montane forests, and Southwest Iberian Mediterranean sclerophyllous and mixed forests. Over 22% of its land area is included in the Natura 2000 network, including 62 special conservation areas and 88 types of protected landscape na uh, landscape natural habitats. Eucalyptus, cork oak, and maritime pine together make up 71% of the total forested area of continental Portugal, followed by the home oak, the stone pine, the other oak trees, and the sweet chestnut, respectively. In, on Madeira, Laura Silva, recognized as a World Heritage Site, dominates the landscape, especially on the northern slope. The predominant species in this forest include um, Loris novocanariensis, Apollonius barbuiana, Octia photens, and Persia indica. Before human occupation, the Azores were also rich in dense laurisilva forests. Today, these native forests are undermined by the introduction of um, some stuff. Uh, there, but there have been several projects aimed to recover the laurisilva present in the Azores. Remnants of these Laurisilva forests are also present in continental, continental Portugal with its few living testimony, testimonies. Um, these, uh, okay, yeah, um, Portugal as a whole is an important stopover for migratory bird species. The marshes of the eastern Algrave and the Lisbon region, hosting various aquatic bird species, the Bonelli's eagle and Egyptian vulture on the valleys of the Douro International, the black stork and griffin vulture on the Tagus International, the seabird sanctuaries of the Savage Islands and Berlin. Berlingaz and the highlands of Madeira and São Miguel all represent the great diversity of wild avian species around around 450 in continental Portugal. Not only uh, migratory but also endemic um, or exotic. The large mammalian species of Portugal, the fallow uh, the fallow deer, red deer, roe deer. Iberian ibex, wild boar, red fox, Iberian wolf, and Iberian lynx were once widespread throughout the country. Okay, yeah, so that, you know, 
Uh, but today these animals are re-expanding their native range. Smaller mammals include the red squirrel, European badger, Eurasian otter, Egyptian mongoose, Granada hare, European rabbit, common uh, gannet, I don't know what that is, European wildcat, among others. Okay, due to their isolated location, the volcanic islands of the Azores, Madeira, and Salvages, uh, um, part of Micronesia, have many endemic species that have evolved independently from their European and African relatives. The Portuguese West Coast. Oh, excuse me. West Coast is part of the four major eastern boundary upwelling systems of the ocean. This seasonal upwelling system, typically seen during the summer months, brings cooler, nutrient-rich water up to the sea surface, promoting phytoplankton growth, zooplankton development, um, zooplankton development, and the subsequent rich diversity in uh, pelagic fish and other marine invertebrates. Okay. Okay. This upwelling also allows Portugal to have kelp forests, which are otherwise very uncommon or non-existent on the Mediterranean. 73% of the freshwater fish occurring in the Iberian Peninsula are endemic, the largest out of any region in Europe. Oh. Many of these endemic species are concentrated in bodies of water of the central region. Interest. Okay, yeah. Limestone formations. Okay, so that's pretty cool. Um, okay, um, some protected areas in Portugal, other than the ones previously mentioned, include the Serras de Are e Candeiros, with its limestone formations, Paleontological history and great diversity in bats and orchids. Southwest uh, um, Alentejo and Vicent, uh, Vicentine um, Coast National Nat Natural Park with its well-preserved wild coastline. The Montesino Natural Park which hosts some of the only populations of Iberian wolf and a recently sighted Iberian brown bear considered to be extinct in the country, among others. Oh, okay. So they saw, recently someone saw one of these bears that was supposed to be extinct, so that's really cool. Um, 
Look at that. Uh, demographics. Um, I wonder what the Iberian brown bear looks like. There aren't. This picture is kind of hard to make out because it's very far away. Oh, okay. I mean, it looks like uh, your standard brown bear, but it, it seems like it has a little bit of white underneath its chin. Oh, are these other pictures of it? There's a... someone made a, a sculpture or a statue of it. The Cantabrian brown bear, or Iberian brown bear, um, is a population of Eurasian brown bears living in the Cantabrian mountains of Spain. Okay. Cantabrian brown bear can live for around 25 to 30 years in the wild. Believed to have originated in Asia, the brown bear spread across the northern hemisphere, colonizing much of Eurasia land, um, the Eurasian land mass as well as North America. Um, experts on bears are continuing debate on the scientific classification of bears, of which there are currently eight recognized species, although some experts recognize more subspecies. In the early 20th century, Cabrera, 1914, considered the Cantabrian brown bear to be a distinct subspecies of European, European brown bear, and named it uh, Ursus arctos, Pyrenaicus, Pyrenaicus, um, characterized by the yellow coloring of the points of its hair and by its black paws. Okay. Since then, however, phylogenetic and mitochondrial DNA research has led to the general scientific consensus that the European brown bear is not... Um, a separate subspecies. These recent studies have also found that the European populations fall into two major gene genetic lineages, an eastern type and a western type. The Cantabrian brown bear forms a part of the western type. The effect of barriers of the Pleist uh, Pleistocene ice sheets of the Alps and the Balkans having directed the spread of the brown bear respectively, north and eastwards, and south and westwards. A further distinction of the two uh, clades, I don't know what that is, has been made within the western lineage following post-glacial re recolonization after the last glacial maximum, one consisting of the bear populations of southern Scandinavia, the Pyrenees, and Cantabrian Mountains of northern Spain, and the others consisting of the bear populations of the, the southern Alps, the Apennines, the Dinaric Alps, the Rila Mountains, the Rodope, Rodope Mountains, and the Steraplanina Mountains. This leaves the remnant population of 
brown bears in the south of Sweden as the nearest relatives of the Cantabrian brown bear. The last indigenous reproductive female in the Pyrenees, um, okay, now brown bears from Slovenia are now being introduced to the Pyrenees or Pyrenees or something like that. Geographic distribution. Okay. Okay. In 2005, the presence of brown bears was reported near the Portuguese border, less than 20 kilometers, um, on the Travinca, Travinca, Travinca. Range based on footprints left on a big mud pad. In 2019, one brown bear was confirmed by the Portuguese authorities to have roamed across the border, and evidence suggests that this was not an isolated event, as footprints from the early months of the year and local sightings confirm. Uh, bears had not been seen in Portugal for over a hundred years and were believed extinct. Wow. Okay. Well, that is a... I think that's a good note to end our exploration of Portugal's Wikipedia page and its adjacent links. Um, so, um, so the, so far, um, I've done Malaysia and Portugal, and I still have, um, Australia and Germany, and then I might as well just do Canada and the U.S., because, I mean, those are also countries that have downloaded my podcast, countries like like the whole country downloaded my podcast those are also countries in which at least one of their inhabitants have da- has downloaded at least one episode of my podcast um yeah so if you have um any feedback like if there's anything that i have done on the podcast that you want me to do more of or anything i've done that kind of puts you off a little bit and um you just want to let me know um uh anything you think I should tweak or change um just either shoot me an email at nrmpodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on instagram at nrmpodcast um and uh you can also follow me on Instagram there if you want updates whenever I uh, post an episode. Because, um, yeah, I post on there every time I post a new episode. And I also post little countdowns to my stories um, for whenever the next episode is coming out. So, if you would like, you can follow me on there. Um, excuse me. Well, you know, I am going to say, though, one last thing is that I just took a look at the Portuguese flag. Um, 
looks very interesting to me because, wait, hold on. Um, I like it because it's one of the only flags I've seen that attempts to kind of represent a, a, a 3D shape. It's got, um, it's got like a, it's almost like a sphere, but it's not a sphere, it's just kind of ribbons, like, wrapped around each other in a kind of spherical manner, but because of the way that they overlay on top of each other, it gives this kind of 3D effect, and I think that's really cool um, that they did that. I wonder what each part of the flag kind of represents. Um, it didn't say in the article. Symbolism. The Portuguese flag displays three important symbols. The field colors, the armillary sphere, there's the sphere, and national shield, which make up the coat of arms. Let's see what that sphere is all about. Oh, 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 cool. Armillary sphere with astronomical clock. The armillary sphere was an important astronomical and navigational instrument for the Portuguese sailors who ventured into unknown seas during the Age of Discoveries. It was introduced by the Knights of Templar, whose knowledge was essential to the Portuguese discoveries. Harry, uh, Harry, Henry the Navigator, the person mainly responsible for the development of the Age of Discovery, was actually the Grand Master of the Order of Christ. It thus became the symbol of the most important period of the nation, the Portuguese discoveries. Okay, so it's it's a it's actually it's actually a representation of a real um, object. That's um, a device used to navigate while sailing. That is really neat. I think that's really cool. Alrighty, well, I guess that is going to be it for me for tonight. Again, wherever you are in the world, I hope that you have a peaceful night's sleep. Good night.